0: That's why we're not quite out of this just yet. What is going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and Baylors to learn how to rock more and suck less in Atlanta, Georgia. I am Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Wright. So I've been talking about this week for a while on the show. Yeah. Because this is my two gigs, two bands, 24 hours yeah. weekend. How's that going? Well, um... there's been some developments, if I'm being perfectly honest. Since we last talked, I got on a Zoom call with the lead vocalist guitar player. And uh, we worked through all the things that we were supposed to work through. And I kind of had a clear idea of the things I needed to work on. And uh, this is at a particular place close to my home. And uh, I was joking with him like, oh, I I think I may be cursed because the last two times that my band was playing this event, it got rained out. So I'm half expecting this gig to get canceled. And two or three days ago, I got a text from him. It was it was like in the middle of the night. I got it the next morning. It says, hey, I tested positive for COVID. Yes. Um, do you think you could fill in for me? And I was like, so Oof. you want me to fill in for you and the other guitar player on a bunch of stuff that I'm still technically learning? I was like, I don't. I don't think I, I can run that show. Yeah. It's one thing to be a sideman while the rest of the band knows what's going on. It's a totally another thing to hold down an entire side of the stage when you're, you know, I'd say I was 80% at that point, but uh, I'm not always willing to put out my 80%. Yeah. Especially when it's somebody else's name on the line. Right. So they canceled the gig. And they actually asked if I could help them out for a gig on the 13th. But we, of course, I'm already booked with my other band, which did have a rehearsal and kind of got a feel for what we needed to work on. We ended up cutting one song. I had picked out 45 exact minutes of music, Mm -hmm. knowing that one of them probably wasn't going to make the cut. And we were able to make that choice fairly easily and still have more than what we need. So that's good. And the only wrinkle is that i haven't heard a word from the venue hmm. we've done zero advancing i went ahead and went over the heads of the headliners and just reached out to the guy who we reached out to last year when we did the gig say hey we haven't heard from anybody i'm not sure if you're the right person to talk to or if you're even there but if you are let's get the ball rolling and if not could you please point me in the direction the person you need to talk to yeah still haven't heard hmm but I get people asking about like guest lists and yeah. when load-in is, and I just I don't have that information.
1: Always oh, something to work out.
0: <laughs> yeah, the same goes for the gig that we're doing next Friday. No details whatsoever. Fun. So, yeah. flying blind. Yeah. Flying Listen. blind. What about you?
1: Well, let's see. So, I am... My whole family's now tested negative for COVID. I never did test positive, but looking back, I think I had... I definitely had a weird throat, not quite hurt, hurting, but weird, and a cough that followed the same trajectory as everybody else's. And having not tested positive, they did isolate upstairs from me, which I, looking back, I think it was unnecessary and a real pain in the butt. Uh, so that all happened. During that time, I canceled two weeks worth of the trivia, the first one being excessive caution and the second being I really kind of didn't feel great. Um, but came back last yeah. night and had really just a great night. A bunch of my regulars were out. And I got to tell you, my voice was in spectacular shape. I was really concerned coming back first time singing after having some weird sinus, head, throat stuff. Boy, oh boy. I got, I had no ceiling on my top. Like I, I, I felt great. And one of my regulars, is, when she's impressed with a song that I do, she gives me a point. The whole game's about people accumulating points, but she now makes me put me up there and she gives me a point after I do well. And I, I set a personal record last night for most points. So um, very that nice. yeah, was a good
0: show. I was worried about that too, when coming back from COVID, because that's one of those things that they say, it can affect your breath control yeah. and affect a bunch of things. Yeah. And it's a very scary prospect for yeah. a vocalist. Yeah. I was kind of the same way. Like when we had our first gig back after we had all gotten out of the woods, I sang fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like some of that's just up in your, um up in your noodle.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. The other thing, of course, it's coming up is the first non-private party gig for the new band, which is at Mm -hmm. the place I've been doing some stuff locally, acoustic stuff on Saturday. And there's a lot of energy around it, a lot happening. And in fact, it's one of my trivia regulars birthday. So we're throwing some birthday into the whole thing for her. So that'll be fun. Nice. Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. We're super ready and super excited. And yeah, it's gonna be great.
0: Wait, I mean, this one's long overdue. Like, you guys have been... Oh,
1: God, listen. Played. I was thinking back. I was first trying to get this band together for a New Year's Eve date that I already had booked for my other band that had just fallen apart post-COVID. So that's how long this band has been rehearsing. Mm-hmm. It's legitimately eight yeah. months. And we played two private party gigs the first one was really just about knocking the corners off the second was a ton of fun and yeah we're fully ready and my marketing is hitting the streets i'm starting to get some feedback from venues on the one sheet that i've been distributing and so we're starting to get a little traction um, or at least interest so yeah it's all happening it's all happening it's gonna be i think a big fall and big into winter and
0: yeah fantastic yeah we were talking offline about the, the real success of the uh, the Meme Exchange yeah. <laughs> channel on yeah. the, uh, the Patreon Slack. It's gotten a lot of back and forth. And really, I found some inspiration and made like a whole series of memes that I'm still in the process of releasing.
1: I made one last night that was a meme of uh, Jason Momoa sneaking up on... Who am I? Cavill. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Henry Cavill. Henry, thank you. God. I did your ear holes at State Street Wine this Saturday night and the new Strange sneaking up. It's good. It's fun so a bunch of those and I've been well, releasing them really,
0: the other thing that's been really fun is that we've been able to like provide feedback so somebody will put something up and I like ah the language feels kind of clunky and yeah. there's this real time collaboration of yeah. maybe it should say this instead and so yeah. uh, we've been assisting with the memification of, of every local music market we can think of that's right and remind me
1: how much does it cost a month to be a participant in uh, all that five bucks five whole bucks so yeah yep. consider coming to our Patreon and joining the party it's a good and productive and very useful time
0: yeah I and mean, we would have some like real conversations talking about <laughs> yeah. like what it means to be a band leader and yeah. how to handle difficult things. So yeah. and we're up to what, what something, something like 20 members now. And oh no, we're way north of that. Are we? All
1: right. I haven't been counting, but
0: yeah, we're pushing 30 at least. Yeah.
1: So it's a good critical mass of brains and yeah, yeah, it's really mm-hmm. good. It's really good
0: for, for sure. Uh, any other housekeeping notes or things, no, let's, uh, let's jump, in let's jump into
1: our topic. It's a good one.
0: Fantastic. This is another one of those wonderful episodes where we don't have to think too much because you guys are just so great at asking fantastic questions and we just have to answer them which you know is great for you guys cuz you get the information that you're looking for and it's great for us because we don't have to sit here racking our brains trying to come up with stuff to talk about so this email came in yesterday perfect timing I mean what are the odds this week's topic comes from our buddy Billy Lion and his message says the following Adam and Dan found your podcast 2 weeks ago I loved the episode about merch Can you do an episode on in-ear monitors? I've been playing music since 2003 and still use stage monitors. I'm thinking about switching, but the reviews, prices, and information out there are intimidating. Secondly, I've been in an excellent garage band for a long time, wondering what I can do to sound more professional. I've always been against using backing tracks, but I'm starting to get interested. Their quality has improved significantly over the years, I agree, Mm -hmm. and I'm looking for the bigger stages and paying gigs. It all breaks down to the overall performance. I always want to be the best. Thanks, Billy. P.S., feel free to use my name and anything you'd like. So... Billy. Billy Lyon. Uh, you. you can reach him at billylion.com, and that is L-Y-O-N, not not like the cat, but like... Uh, or
1: like the telling untruths. L-Y-O-N.
0: Indeed. So... Well, for, um, listen, could, you know, we, we just have,
1: start by just acknowledging... The community and culture we have built around this podcast is about raising the bar on ourselves and being more professional and putting on better shows and making more money and being better. And I love that so much. This question comes from exactly the right place, you know, philosophically. So it's fantastic.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's really the ethos of all of the things that we've been trying to build. It's like, if you are a person who's been in your thing for a while and you're like, I just feel like there's something else out there. There's more for us to be doing. That's why we're here. Yep. So. Perfect. Uh, Fantastic way to kick things off. So episode on in-ear monitors. Now, when we started the podcast, I was already an evangelist. I had been using in-ear monitors for probably 10, 15 years at that point. And you were not, you were still on the fence about that kind of thing. So I guess I would ask you, what was the thing that tipped your hand? And then what was the End result. What was like that? What was that first kind of experience like for you, having done it for so long, and then switching later on in your career? I guess you would say.
1: Well, the impetus to do it was that I did want to start fleshing our sound out with backing tracks, and there are ways to do that without putting the whole band on in ears, but you may as well just make the whole leap all at once, frankly. Right, and it's not easy. It takes some work to get the, get your mixes dialed in right and get to where you are comfortable. In that sound environment, it's so Mm. clean inside your in-ears. It's so pristine. It's like listening to a CD of your band while you're playing. It's amazing to experience. But as the person who's also running sound from the stage, I always had this paranoia that something was going wrong in the mains and I wasn't hearing it. Or um, Mm -hmm. there was that to develop some trust with. It's not like I'm writing the faders while I'm also playing guitar. You know, I'm not actively doing sound. But to have my feedback loop between my ears and my ears mixer fingers be cut off at my sealed ears was like really a piece of trust that I had to develop. And I did develop it mm-hmm. eventually. The other thing is people come up and want to talk to you, <laughs> want to give you a request or something. You're like, I can't, I can't. sorry, bro. And they don't, a lot of them like you're pointing at your head. They don't understand that you're sealed off from yeah. any vibration of air molecules outside of your ears. All of that said, it really drastically raised our game. My vocal performance was suddenly a whole lot better because I could really hear myself well. I'd always felt like my falsetto, my high end was like, I don't know, a little weedy. I didn't have a lot of power there, but I Mm -hmm. learned that when I'm well amplified, when I'm letting the mic do the work, I actually sound pretty good up there. And so that's not a thing that I understood hearing myself come back at myself from wedges. I had to hear that in... A quality sound stage inside my in-ears to really understand that and mm-hmm. be able to trust that about my voice. And then develop what there was to develop. You know, I also heard some things I didn't like and I was able to lean into those and expand on what I needed to there.
0: Yes, it does put your weaknesses in a pretty strong contrast. Y- Listen, you, can, you, you can really pick them up.
1: You hear every single clam. Like stuff you get away with in the mains, you don't get away with on in your in-ears. But of course, the audience isn't hearing, you know, it's just you and we're all going to be our own worst critic. So it gives ammo to that worst critic in some ways. Yeah. You have to deal with that.
0: Yeah. I think for a lot of folks, the the main barrier of entry is pricing. Yeah. Because I think if you heard about switching to in-ears maybe like five, 10 years ago, the barrier of entry was significantly more expensive. The proliferation of uh, universal fit in-ear like headphones wasn't quite so wide right. whereas now you can get a 20 to 60 dollar pair on Amazon that sounds really really good. Yeah. And the wireless in-ear options were a lot fewer yeah. back then whereas now I feel like most major sound and wireless companies have an offering. I feel like Audio-Technica might be the last one to have jumped into that, but I feel like now I think most companies have multiple tiers of wireless options yeah, and if that's still out of your price range a wired option is exponentially less expensive and uh, could be a good kind of jumping in point
1: totally and listen to prove the case for yourself in rehearsal probably you do not even mm-hmm. need you know listen I, i'm right now i'm wearing a pair of apple earpods I'm, that's what how i'm yep. listening to us talk and that's perfectly fine plug those into a headphone app which you can get for 40 bucks 40 60 something yep. like that even a stereo one um
0: mm-hmm
1: And get a mix out of an aux from your mixer for that. And you're in business. You can practice on your own that way. You can rehearse as a band that way and really see that it works. Now, I guess it's probably worth saying out loud to get this up on stage, takes some rehearsal room time. You're going to have to practice in them, get your mixes dialed in, especially if you are like me, the person running sound from the stage, and you're trying to dial in four people's mixes You know, Mm -hmm. one by one, suddenly you're the sound guy saying a little more bass, a little less kick, a little more. You're taking all that feedback, which can only really happen while playing is happening. Now, I have a mixer that can record and then play back multi-tracks. So we can record ourselves Mm -hmm. playing a song and then I can play back off of that into people's in-ears and tweak people's mixes off of recording. So that's really handy. Mm -hmm. I've used that a few times. But in principle, it, it does not take a ton to get yourself a skeleton of what you would use on stage just to prove the case that it's worth doing and you can do it. I think it's a really good way. And
0: and there's a bunch of ways of going that route. Now you and I have moved to self-contained like sealed off environment when it comes to in-ears. Maybe my setup more so because we have a dedicated like rack that has all of our front of house stuff that can then be split into a venues main PA using a splitter yep. that's what you would consider like a top tier like that's a big dog rig right. but there are small and medium dog options that you can also bring into a club and get what you need yep. probably the base model would be something as basic as literally just having a transmitter that you like hand to the sound guy and they just basically unplug a wedge and yeah. plug the XLR into the back of your unit and that's it. hundred percent.
1: You could do that on stage. You could unplug the wedge that's pointed at you and plug it into your transmitter or heck into a little bit more XLR cable and onto a wired pack that's on your belt. Yeah. There are lots of ways to do this that don't involve the, the sort of investment and commitment that you've made, but For sure. once you're in the big dog rack, some some stuff becomes possible, right? You can run your own mixes into in-ears without having to have that whole time with the stage, with the sound person going, give me more, give me more of the vocalist and less of the guitar and that whole for every player yep. on stage. That's why sound check takes an hour and a half is because every line needs to be dialed in for every player. And it's brutal. If you can walk yep. in with those presets saved, you're golden. Let it rip, right? Mm-hmm.
0: it's still one of those things you have to advance and communication is key. You got to make sure that whatever venue you're rolling into, you've communicated that ahead of time, whether they've read your advance or not. (laughs) Communication is key with those kinds of things. Now, let's talk kind of basic gear. What do you use, Dan? What are the units that you're using currently for in-ears for for your band?
1: Yeah, so I have a transmitter and a pair of receivers that are the uh, Mi Pro MI909 series. And it's an imported unit. What I liked about it was it has the broadest frequency range of any. It has Mm -hmm. automatic frequency selection. So you can find an empty channel. I've had times I rolled up into a place and was, I suspect it was neon lights around the stage that were clobbering a lot of our wireless stuff. And I was able to Mm -hmm. find another channel that was free of that. I've also had a time when an arc light, We were playing outside and there was like this really bright white arc light, you know, sodium light on us and it was killing one of our wireless channels and ultimately ultimately I moved it away from the stage and everything got better. You never know where wireless frequency stuff is going to come from. But so you want a system that has a very broad range. You can find open channels. And if we can have some tech to help you with that and hop channels nicely, that's all good, too. It's also digitally encrypted, which I don't know that I care that much. But the signal itself is not just radio playing. It's smarter than that and, in theory, more reliable. These packs that I've got, I've had times when I... Just to test them, I had my in-ears in when I walked like all the way out to the back of the venue and out onto the street and I could still hear house music playing. It's a lot of range and a lot of power for them. So I have that. That's coming off of two aux channels and it's producing a single stereo mix, which I share with my other lead singer. So we have a mix Mm -hmm. that has our vocals pan slightly away from each other on to our direction to the stage. So it feels like we're standing where we're hearing. ourselves. Yeah. 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 And then plenty of everything else, just so we feel like we're a band. Then I have another stereo line going wired to my drummer. And mm-hmm. so he's got a mix of his own in stereo. And then my bassist isn't on board yet. I use IP 300 standing monitor and just pointed at her face and she's happy with that. Once we get tracks going with the new project, we're going to need to talk to her about getting on board with that. Cause, um, or maybe not, I think maybe as long as the drummer can hear the click and the front of house gets the track, maybe that's plenty. Maybe that'll work. Um, Anyway, that's my whole setup, and it's just—it's in the same rack with my Soundcraft mixer, my UI24R mixer, and it's all self-contained. It's a 6U rack, and so pretty light and portable, and I've been really happy with it overall. Awesome. And I will say, just because you have the thing on your belt receiving signal, and you have the in-ears coming up through your shirt and hanging down on your shoulders sometimes it doesn't mean you actually have to be in them for mm-hmm. the whole show like i i pop them out sometimes just to kind of hear what the room feels like because i am running front of house sound I, sometimes i just check it out or you're not trapped is the point you can you can yank them and, yeah. and go back to just house sound if you want to and i, and I do sometimes
0: yeah it's fun to pull one out and hear what the room's doing it I, I will say be careful about that because if you pull one ear out, you typically tend to turn the level up in the other ear yeah. and you are going to yeah. damage your hearing that yeah, way. You, d- but you don't want to go one sometimes, ear. That's not good. Yeah. Sometimes the vibe in the room is too good and you just have to like get yeah, yourself a piece of it. For sure. Yeah. So my rack is something that you can absolutely walk through. I did a full tour of it on the YouTube channel. We can put a link of that in the in the show notes. Yep. But basically, we're using an X32 rack into, we have three of the third generation Sennheiser in-ear wireless units. I started with Sennheiser and uh, just kind of, They were always reliable and middle of the pack as far as pricing goes. I've been a fan of their stuff, and we use that to do six individual mixes. Those are mono Mm -hmm. uh, because of the limitations on the IO on the back of the X32. We're toying with the idea of adding some additional inputs so that we can uh, do more with that kind of stuff. And uh, there's an analog splitter that we use. If we have to tap in to a house venue, we'll be doing that this on the Saturday gig for sure, because they've got their whole setup. We'll just patch in Mm. and uh, it works great.
1: You're saying you'll take monitor mixes from them or?
0: No, what we'll do is we will patch our channels into their snake and patch everything through Yeah, so that they get a clean version of our inputs and then we have all of our signal separate from them.
1: Yeah, because you have a physical doubler, right? You you plug in one end of it mm-hmm. and two outs come out and one out goes into your monitor rig and the other out can go to the front of house. Yes. Yeah, okay, cool.
0: And again, there is an entire video dedicated to explaining how all of that works. Yeah. So uh, we'll throw that in there too. Yep. And then as far as headphones go, I have done, I've tried a lot of them. I'm currently wearing a pair of 64 Audio A3Es, which are the ones that have what they call a Dell, which is like an ambient porting uh, system that's supposed to relieve pressure. I I don't know. They seem to work fine. I had another version of their customs before that were not ported, and these new ones are definitely more comfortable, and uh, the fidelity, I would say, is increased. Before that, I was using Westone Universal Fits, and I tried Shure's before that. But I also have a really cheap pair of, I think they're... The KZ is the, mm-hmm. the brand. Yeah, yeah, off Amazon, and, right? And for they're like like Amazon, 30 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they sound surprisingly good. Yeah. And, for, uh, for 30 bucks, uh, they background. sound really
1: good, actually.
0: <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. We'll throw a link out for those too. So you yeah. don't have to break the bank. That's right. Actually, while we're talking about content, I made a video of how... Cheaply, you can make an in-ear rig. Where I basically listed all the components you need, and then I, I I basically was like looking on Craigslist to find the cheapest versions of those things that I could find. And I think I got a whole band on wired in-ears for under seven hundred bucks. Okay. And that was like in the heat of COVID, where like resale was higher. Yeah. So maybe it'll be cheaper. I can't. I can't speak for that. Was about a year ago. So. But definitely check all of that stuff out because there are resources out there that we have created for you guys to do that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: Good. Good. It does not have to be expensive. I'll say my daily driver in ears are a pair of all Claire tour triples customs. Uh, And then here's the other thing. Once you've got everybody on a mono mix wired or otherwise, there are two possible upgrades. And I think each of them is a game changer. One is to go to stereo mixes. Mm
2: -hmm. When we
1: went from mono to stereo, we each tried because I have this one transmitter and one transmitter does two channels. So you can do two monos or one stereo. And we started out doing two monos and it was fine. But when we decided to share a stereo mix, boy, suddenly you feel like you're there. It, it changes the picture in your head dramatically. And the second thing is to go from universals to customs. It's a big jump in price. Mm-hmm. Frankly, customs aren't cheap, but boy, oh boy, nope. I mean, they fit in your head in a way that doesn't feel like anything. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm singing and my mouth is open wide, I can kind of, something's there, but- they, they fit in a way that it fills the space that is already there. They don't feel like anything. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. And and the the seal is unbreakable. The isolation, which is what you want from them, is mm-hmm. unbeatable. So it's a whole other level, a game changer to go to customs. Not necessarily out of the gate for sure, but as you grow to love in your monitors, customs are possibly in your future as, as the next step up.
0: Yeah, and I will say this. They are significantly less expensive than they used to be. Oh
1: yes, for sure, for sure. So, no, you're you're you know, in the few hundred range. You're not in the few thousand range,
0: right? Now, if to, to begin like, with, you
1: could spend thousands, but
0: oh, absolutely, yeah. But the, these are the most expensive ones that I've ever purchased, and they were around six hundred bucks. Okay, but think about all of the gear that you've purchased up to this point, and also just to be perfectly transparent, think of how much. A floor wedge of decent quality is going to run you, and you take that and you start splitting it up against transmitters and earpieces. It's almost become a wash. Yeah, and I think the end result is much better. Yes, for those of us who are who have taken the plunge.
1: Yeah. Plus, by the way, stage look. If you can get rid of all that crud around your feet, it just it's cleaner, it's nicer.
0: Well, not just stage look, but load in. Oh, for sure. Run PA. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're talking like how many cubic feet of? crud in your vehicle or trailer are you removing by switching over to something like this yeah. is monumental yeah
1: life gets a lot easier
0: for sure and you, the show will inevitably sound better mm-hmm. because the room won't be quite as compromised with all of these different sound sources bouncing off all of these different sur- surfaces and yeah it's way better yeah and it, once you start doing that downsizing process it tends to start this other process where you start downsizing other parts of your yeah setup. Yeah. Like amps.
1: Yeah. I mean, your whole guitar rig now is about, you know, 18 mm-hmm. inches wide by about six inches deep. And it's, yeah.
0: It's the size of a formidable sandwich. There
1: you go. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> like a sandwich that'll make you sick. Yeah. But that's way better <laughs> you, than. Yeah. You can get a sandwich a, that size. A rhinoceros, which that's is right. how, as big yeah. as it was before. There you go. I like his analogy. Yeah, I think my rig is like the size of a seated rhinoceros. I think that's what it used to be. That's, I, mean, I like that. I, I mean, like that as a anything.
1: Anything but metric, I guess, for us Americans.
0: Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> How many hippopotamuses does it take to right. no, anyway? The size of um, size
1: of half a giraffe. Like
0: what? Really? Thank mm-hmm. you. So let's shift gears. Let's talk backing tracks just a little bit. Yeah. I would say step one in this process is not backing tracks. I think step one in this process is click.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So if anybody started on in-ears, it should be your drummer. And if he's listening to anything of any importance, it should be a click track. Yes. Because that step alone cleans up a band faster than any of the other stuff and will make you sound better. Yes. And I know that drummers are finicky about these kinds of things. Well, certain drummers are finicky about <laughs> these kinds of things. Right. Those who are in the know, and those who have done this long enough, and those who take what they do seriously, understand that this is going. This is a core competency. Mm-hmm. Playing to a click is a core competency if you want to. Be, if you want to play music for money, yeah. And if that's not something that you can do, or something that you don't feel comfortable doing, this is the thing you need to work on.
1: Right. A way to overcome that for a drummer who resists it is to say, look, we want to add backing tracks. The only way to do that is to do it to a click. So get with the program. But you're right that just in terms of the process of it, getting to just a click is first is probably a pretty good way to go. The other thing is it requires you to deal with this thing called playback. And Mm -hmm. getting sound from something other than an instrument into your rig is a whole thing you got to think about. Are you going to bring a computer? Are you going to find a way to play an MP3? One way or another, there needs to be a line coming into your mixer from some kind of playback device. And uh, yeah. there are a lot of ways to do that too, a whole set of ways to do that.
0: It's funny you mentioned that, Dan. Wouldn't you know it? There's also a complete beginner's guide to backing tracks on our YouTube channel. How
1: about that? Well, you made a library of content. You can then pull it out and deploy it for various purposes. Yeah,
0: Yeah, so I would say Click track is the easiest way to start. And it's really easy to initiate. You can literally start it by downloading a metronome app on somebody's phone Mm -hmm. and plugging it into your mixer at practice. Even if you guys don't have in-ears and you want to just use it for rehearsal, patch it in. Mm -hmm. Put the click in one of your channels and somebody selects the BPM that you want to play. You know, for us, we either are going to do record speed or record speed... Times five percent. Yeah. So make it five percent faster. But no more than five. And it's a good way to just get a feel, because internal meter, people that's what people say is like, well, if you if you have an internal meter, then you don't need a click check. It's not true. No. But it does help you develop one. It for sure. And if you can't get into using a click live, it will help you gauge what that feel should be. Yeah. Practicing to a metronome. So That's where I would start.
1: Yeah. People don't realize, I think, who say that, that stage adrenaline is going to increase your internal meter by 20%, maybe, (laughs) at the height of your show. You know, it's how bands find themselves rushing and racing and all that stuff. Because they get excited and get in the energy and then it feels good. But then you get too fast and a groove collapses and you can't, it's not the show you want to put on.
0: Right. My favorite example of that is, I can't remember what city it was in, but there is a full video of one of the dates on David Lee Roth's Eat and Smile tour. So we're talking like Billy Sheehan on bass, Steve Vai on guitar, Mm. uh, Greg Bessonet on drums, David Lee Roth at the peak of his power. And it is just like a freight train. (laughs) Everything is so fast. Uh. And it's so fast that it's, it's hard to like, sometimes it's hard to figure out what they're actually doing. Yeah. In their case, it's probably not adrenaline necessarily, right, or it is right. adrenaline, but it's being uh, artificially manufactured, <laughs> yeah, if yeah, you will. Yeah. Somebody sent me a link to that, and I was like, "This is amazing," but also, "Holy hell, yeah! This is everything is so fast, right, right, right." And yeah, there's no groove to it. Like Panama at 160 BPM doesn't have falls apart. The whole thing the falls apart. Another
1: easy way to get a click, just to mention it, we both use <laughs> the, the app Band Helper, which yep. is great, and you can put in. BPM to a song into the song details in a song and, That's and true. Band Helper will play you play you audio. And in fact, it can put it can put the click in one or the other ear. right? It doesn't have to play it in stereo. Mm-hmm. So if you're playing it, if you want to just have a mono line in, it can do that out of your iPad or phone or whatever you use for that. So it's an easy way to do that if you happen to already be using Band Helper or if that there you puts you over the line to test out Band Helper. I, I'm a fan.
0: Yeah, we both use in I we're using Band helper to do uh, track playback for this gig on Saturday. Yep. It's doing our clicks and it's doing our tracks. Super easy. Easy peasy. Yep. Cool. I think
1: we covered it. Fantastic.
0: Billy, I hope that was helpful. If you have any further questions, you've already got our email. It's cover at gmail.com for those of you who don't know it. And we'll be happy to answer any and all questions you have. And uh, like I said, it's uh, a bunch of this is on YouTube and a lot more detail that we could cover in a in a weekly episode. So yep. go check those things out and uh, hit us up if you have any other questions. Boom. Cool beans. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. <laughs> things are moving and grooving. And honestly, this is like the only like regular routine thing that's kind of been a through line recently. Yeah. we just, we're in the middle of back to school and things are absolutely chaotic here. So it was good to just do a thing that was normal for a change. Yeah, yeah. If you want to support the show, there's lots of ways you can do it. You can leave a really nice review so I can take a screenshot and send it to my mom, or you can do any of the things that our buddy Adam from the Van Band is about to tell you. Otherwise we'll go and call it for this week in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Dan Ray. You've been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast for the week of August 12th, 2022.
2: Have a great week. And that's how you rock more and suck less. Hey listener, this is Adam Moskowitz of the Van Band out of South Florida. Yes, another Adam. Adams are taking over the cover band scene. Get used to it. Sorry, Dan. On behalf of Cover Band Confidential, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now I know you want to support this cast, so this is how you do it you subscribe, you leave a five-star review, you share this episode with your musician friends, and you throw a screenshot on your story. And you go ahead and you follow the podcast on all their socials. You got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of them. These gentlemen, Adam Johnson of Members Only and Dan Ray of the Clinky Lincolns have graciously given us vast amounts of great content. So as a thank you, go ahead and send them some green energy on their Patreon page. For real, send them some digital coins. And when you do that, you'll get access to the Slack back channel, which is just musicians and band leaders chatting about the craft of being in a performing cover band. The wins, the losses, the behind the scenes goodness. If you play at least once a month for money, all I'm saying is break off a few bucks for your favorite podcast that you always listen to. Any questions, comments, hit up the Facebook group, send a text or voicemail to their hotline. That's 404-491-0910. You can also email coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. If you'd like, you can find my band on Instagram, Facebook, at VAMBAN. That's vam Band do it. Seriously, I want to see that CBC bump. Or you can find everything you need at VanBand.com. We started in 2019. We play funk, pop, soul, R&B, Motown in Southeast Florida. I play guitar and backup vocals at Adam Moskowitz Music on IG. Also follow the CBC host on IG. That's at Adam Patrick Johnson and at Dan Ray Musician. Or visit CoverBandConfidential.com for all the goods. I'm going to go ahead and call it for Adam Moskowitz in Boca Raton, Florida. That was your outro bumper on Cover Band Confidential. Always be performing! Mm.